Backstage Pass Radio is now a global podcast heard in 70 countries around the world. Our newly formed partnership with Synad Outdoor has us seeing great traction in Texas and Louisiana. Since Synad's beginnings in 1964, this family-owned and operated advertising company has become the largest independently held billboard company in Texas today. Synad prides itself on unbeatable service and turnaround time. Let their experienced design team create the perfect advertisement to showcase your business. Contact Synad today at 713-861-6013. And also make sure to visit their website at www.synad.com and tell them Backstage Pass Radio sent you. Today I am joined by a rockin' act that formed over a decade ago in Southern California. Happy New Year to everyone. It's Randy Holsey here with Backstage Pass Radio. The band received an award for Best Live Band in 2013 by the Orange County Music Awards. And I'm going to jump right in the middle of a conversation with founder, singer, and guitarist Robert John Burrison of the band Robert John and the Wreck when we return. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Robert, Happy New Year, brother. How are you? Welcome to the show, man. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. So it's, uh, it's off to a busy start. Yes, sir. As per usual. Indeed. And I think we're going to jump into a little bit about what's going to have you so busy here coming up pretty soon. But uh, I did want to uh, give a quick shout out to Warren for uh, being instrumental and getting us set up to chat. So thanks to Warren there. Yeah. And uh, so you made it through the holidays and New Year's, of course. And I, I guess you guys are ready to get to work here in the new year, right? Yeah, we're always working, man. It, it never stops. Never stops, huh? <laughs> were, were the holidays kind of some downtime for you? I, I think if, uh, if, if I remember my conversation with Warren, I think you might have been maybe out on the East Coast when we were talking. Is 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 that right? Does that sound right or no? I mean, I don't know when you were talking to Warren, but we were on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, man, what, what was that? Late September, early October? Okay. Okay. But you, um, but you don't yeah. have family out on the East Coast, do you? You're, you're originally... Oh. Were you with family? I was on the I was on the East Coast in Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, my, that's what he was talking about. My are all from Florida, so we okay. go out there every that's, year. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Well, I know that I stumbled across you guys. I think it was probably social media. You know, I'm always kind of pounding the pavements on social media, looking for artists that kind of stick out. And I'm sure it was there that I stumbled across you guys. But I was talking to a buddy locally here. And it was kind of ironic because he said, there's this band and they just, I went and saw him play in Houston. And I don't remember when he said it was, but it was like at Fitzgerald's or something like that. And he said, it's this band called uh, Robert John and the Rick. I said, how funny. I said, I'm actually in contact with the bass player right now trying to get those guys on the show. So it's funny that, that you even bring it up. So, so here we are, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're here and we could. Talk about Robert John and the Wreck and all the things that that you guys uh, have going on and what you have coming up, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I know that you recently added a keyboard player. And, and when I say recently, you can kind of fill me in on the definition of recently. But you guys were 
four piece for a while and now you're five piece right now. Is that correct? Uh, we, a little different. Um, okay. we've been a five piece since the beginning of time. Okay. Since 2011, we've been a five piece and, uh, just recently in this past year, our keyboard player at the time has moved on. He currently plays in Toto, but he, he's been with us this whole time. Gotcha. Um, and this year, when, when he joined Toto, he was out on tours. We kind of got some subs and, and had some other people working with us. And then uh, it was just time to part ways. So, uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a small period of time, probably in the social media realm, that uh, everyone saw pictures of just the four of us because, um, yeah. you know, they're... they're there was no, there was no stopping the, the, the train, right? if you will. No, I get it. I get it. But, you uh, can't let a uh, lineup changes slow you down for yeah, sure. And that's probably yeah. what threw me off in all fairness. That's probably what threw me yeah. off a little bit when I was doing my homework. I went out and I looked, I looked at the website and it, and it listed four of you guys. Yeah. But then I saw live, you know, like live videos of five of you. Yeah. And then, and then, so I said, okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me see here. Let me do a little bit more homework. So then I reached out and I talked to Warren and he said, no, we we're, we're five piece. We added a, a, you know, a keyboard player and may, maybe it was a play on the words. I'm not sure, but it, it was almost like you guys were maybe five piece. Then you were four piece. Then you were back to five piece, which I guess technically you were. But I mean, it was just a short gap of where you didn't, where you change keyboard players, right? Yeah, yeah. I so got we, you. we have a we have a great new player, and he's coming out on the road with us, and hopefully, that's just the beginning. Yeah, for us. So for sure, we'll talk yeah. to the listeners a little bit now. You know, now that we're kind of on the whole players and the band uh, conversation, talk to me about the lineup. Uh, who who are the players? Uh, what are they yeah. playing? And where are these guys from? Where did you find all these guys? Right. Yeah, so cur- the current lineup right now, uh, which I hope that is is the lineup for for years to come. Andrew Spatman is on the drums. I've been playing with Andrew since before Robert John the Wreck was the Wreck. I met him through going to a community college for songwriting at the time. He was dating a really good friend of mine, and uh, we hit it off because I asked him if he wanted to go on tour and play some coffee shops up the West Coast, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." And I, I remember that that first tour. I think. You know, we we were in my pickup truck, and he was you know he was playing like a snare and using the snare case as the kick drum. Okay, you know you put a little mic in there and sure. a brick and hold it up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Andrew and I have been on this road together for years before the wreck was a, a thing. We have Warren Merle on the bass, which you've talked to. Yep. He's um, straight from Southern California, and we actually met him at a festival in Washington. And the way that we met him was we said, hey, man, you guys are great. Where are you from? And they said, we're from Orange County. And we <laughs> said, no, we're from Orange County. <laughs> and we didn't know each other. We didn't know that we were both from the same exact place. Never crossed um, paths before that, huh? No. Just crazy how oh, that works. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we were friends for a long time until, you know, we needed a bass player. And he was he was the, the call that I made because sure. I, I knew that. That was just, it's it just, he has this presence about him. Yeah. You know? And, uh, nice. and then we have Henry, um, James on guitar, who is also from Southern California. And, uh, kind of at the time when, when we still had our guitar player before Henry, he was jamming with, uh, with us. We, we had a jam 
thing every Sunday at the time. And he was coming and he was almost kind of like a sixth member of the band. We did this cool Eagles tribute and he was the second lead player. Okay. You know, he was, he was kind of around Mm -hmm. and, um, and then that guitar player at the time, uh, his name is Chris Butcher. He, he moved on to, to better things. And, uh, we asked Henry to, to join and he joined. And three months later we played the biggest show we ever played in Europe. So it's, it's been a crazy road right now uh, on keys uh hopefully for the future going out on this tour his name is jake abernathy from long beach previously from out in the desert here in california so we're all california boys this is just where we're from and none of us you know kind of grew up together you know you have some bands and this is my brother this is my cousin and sure we kind of all met each other you know after after the the high school days and which is kind of fueled by music and and being good people and we found each other all moving forward yeah right right on and you I, you you kind of mentioned it earlier but i wanted to maybe drill down a little bit um on you know prior to robert john and the wreck it sounded like you know there were some cover bands going on or whatever what talk to me just high level about you know you're you're coming up through music was it cover bands along the way or did you get started late in music where have you always been a musician talk talk to me a little bit about that yeah I mean, I was, I was a drummer. I was uh, a drummer for many years and I was in the garage bands. I remember in high school, every Friday, me and the guys would come over to my house and we we rehearsed in my bedroom at the time I had a weirdly large bedroom. Okay. And so uh, that's where we rehearsed. I had my drum set there and, you know, played, we played two pretty amazing shows. They were called birthday parties for our friends, you know, turning 16 and 17 you know, and then we, we moved on and, and, but we always started writing. We were always writing music. We never really were a cover band. Okay. I follow you. Um, from the, from the beginning. Okay. And then, so I was, I was writing material by myself and I, I played at a coffee shop around the corner every Thursday night for a year. I didn't get paid. I just played my, my songs on Thursday and invited my friends to come. And, uh, it kind of like, you know, greased the wheels, you know, just playing in front of people for sure to get used to what that feels like. And, uh, especially when you, when you're performing your own songs, which at that time, man, they, they had to have been terrible, you know? So that's kind of where it began. And then, you know, and as that grew, I was meeting people who, who played instruments and moving forward and trying to go, you know, let's not play a coffee shop. Let's go play this. Absolutely. This venue or this bar or something like that. And, uh, and then it kind of turned into like the Robert John band mm-hmm. out there playing venues and, and stuff like that. And then we had this group of guys who, you know, we were, we decided to go on the road. We went out on the road in the Midwest in the winter. It's a great time of year to tour the Midwest. And, um, you know, we were writing songs together and, and doing everything together. So it became more of kind of an entity than just my backing band. Yeah, right. And so we wanted to create this band, uh, you know, so it was Robert John and the what, you know, and uh, that was a whole, that was a whole decision to make, but it came out to be the wreck. And uh, it, it was a good idea because at that point we were drinking quite a bit and some nights we were wreck. And then we just, we just kept uh, pushing forward as a band does. Is that literally though, what, where you coined the name, the wreck is just from, <laughs> from reckless behavior or was it really something uh, else? It, 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 it it was, it was a, it was an added bonus. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you know, I think we had an idea about Robert John, the train wreck. And then I had a buddy that said, 
I don't want to go see Robert John in the train wreck, but I'd go see Robert John in the wreck. Okay. And that just stuck with me, and uh, he's still a good buddy of mine. I don't know if he knows that I tell this story or not. But, yeah, so it just it just kind of, it, you know, it, it sounded it's good. Stuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know? catchy. And it's then, catchy and then sure. since, it, since it sounded good, then we had to figure out why. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like the, the reverse. Okay. Um, so that's just what I say sometimes because we were, we were pretty – Reckless back in the day. Sure. Uh, we've all, you know, calmed down a little bit, gotten older, but um, <laughs> older and smarter, you know, right? Never, yeah, yeah. We have, exactly. we have responsibility now and things to live for. So, well, well, they, well, they say when you go out and and do the debauchery and all the dumb things that we used to do, it takes a little longer to recover these days than it did, you know, thirty years it's, ago when we, when we were does. doing it, right? Especially on the road. Yeah, for sure. And and you know that the road is a grind anyway, and I don't. Yeah, I'm assuming that um, that that you don't need anything else slowing you down while you're on the road. You want to feel good. You want to be your best at the shows, or you know, at the shows for the or for your uh, listeners for sure, right? So the last thing you want oh, yeah. to do is you know walk on stage feeling like you know that you've been drugged in by the cat, and you know <laughs> you're on your last leg, right? And so so many artists have done that over the years you know you you think back to the old 80s hair metal days you know where that's all those guys were just living beer after beer after beer and sloppy and like it must have been a life for sure oh yeah i I mean i'm sure there was a time and a place for it and i'm sure there was certain substances that they use to (laughs) overcome that for the time being temporary you know and Yeah. yeah temporary uh cures and um well, probably temporary cures that turn into permanent, you know, permanent, cures. permanent cures. <laughs> yeah. You know, so exactly. We still, we still know when to have fun and where to have fun. Absolutely. And when, and when to, when to be ready to do our job. Right on. Well, they call that professionalism, <laughs> right? Uh, I guess so. I, I was going to ask you, it sounds like you've been in the game for a while. Did, did you kind of know at an early age that music was going to be kind of what you did for a living when, when you were growing up? Or did that did that thought process come later on in life for you? Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely came on later in life. Because I think at, at, at the age that music came in in my life, you know, I I feel like it was just, well, yeah, we play music. That's fun. Yeah, sure. Um you know, it, it, there was no financial responsibility with it. Yep. There was no, there was no other thing that needed to be done at the time. Yep. You know, and then you, as you grow older, then you realize, oh, well, you know, I, this isn't paying enough, so I got to get a job. And then you realize, okay, well, if I have to work these hours, I got to find a job that I work in the mornings and not at night when I want to play music. Absolutely. You know, and then the ball just keeps rolling, you know. Yep. If we're going to be gone this long and not making any money, then where am I going to make it? Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, it was always what I knew I wanted to do, and I think it was how to make that how to make that ball keep rolling down the hill, absolutely, and growing, but make sure like the ball's going straight and yes. not curving off to the side. You know, so I've had my odd jobs and and everything down the road. But this has always been the the bread and butter, the road, the road I'm on. You yeah, know, yeah, sure. Um, I've, you know, if, if if not, then you have to be all in, or you're. It's not going to work out. How well? I mean, if, if you know, it's, everyone's different. Yeah, you know, I don't want to say that, but for me, it was I was all in, and everything on the side is helping this move forward. That, that makes sense. Um, 
you know. I have to assume that everybody in the band is kind of on that same mindset or that same wavelength, right, with you that it's the music and they're all in with that. And if there's an odd job or whatever to supplement income, it's whatever, but it doesn't get in the way of the band. Is is that a fair assumption? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we've gone through lineup changes throughout the years, you know, and and the lineup changes happen when, you know, that person isn't on that same road. Makes sense. Uh, which is which is fine, you know. I mean, we we love everybody that's been in the band, and we're still friends with everyone that's been in the band. And it, it's okay that that roads, you know, veer off into different different ways. Sure, because uh, that's life. Yeah. You know, that's no, that's it. what life happens people to people. You know. Yep. And uh, for everyone in the band right now, that's the trajectory, and that's where we're headed. And I think every time a new member joins, which you know hasn't happened in the past five years until now. You know, maybe there's a little bit more vetting, you know, making sure that this is what they want to do. Sure, sure. Making sure is making sure they want to be on the road and and write music and play rock and roll for a living um, before anything else. Absolutely. Now, you can kind of plead the fifth on this. It's really not a. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you on I'm the excited. question. This is making me no, excited. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm really not one of those guys. I, I have to preface my question by saying I never try to trap somebody on a question because I think that's, uh, it's kind of a bullshit move, but I'm going to ask the question and you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from. But is there a common denominator over the years with Robert John and the wreck or the outfits that you've played in in general? Is there a common denominator of, of why the attrition in the band, like why people have left or has it always just been for different personal reasons? And I don't need to know any of the reasons per se, but I didn't know if there was one thing that you see more times than not. Oh, we, this guy's got to leave because of this. And you see that all the time more than other things, or is it kind of just all over the, all over the place for you guys? specific to your band right yeah i mean since since we've been kind of going full bore you know touring recording and everything there's really only probably been a change of four people okay and i honestly don't think there's one okay i I think every individual person had their reasons that were different than the other person okay i didn't Um, i didn't know i mean sometimes a band will say you know, we had six members that left and four of them just couldn't, they didn't want to be away from family or they didn't want to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, but nothing in particular, but it seemed like, like I was always curious about that. Not, not just with your entity, but yeah, with yeah. entities in general. Mm-hmm. What, what's the main reason why people leave? Is it because they have differences in songwriting? Like they don't, they fall out of love with your music per se. They want to do something different or is it because they don't like the road? And so I just wanted to hear it from you, like kind of yeah, what's been I mean, your I, track record. I think there's people that love the studio more than the road. Sure. And <laughs> I think that's are a, little, a little easier. You know, I think that's a big thing. I think there's people that uh, have, have other opportunities. And, you know, might think that that opportunity might be more viable for their future. Okay. You know, and there's genre differences, you know, like people are passionate about music and people can be passionate about rock and roll. Yes. And even rock and roll has its 1800 sub genres, you know, and they could be more passionate about one of those. And once something sparks over there. You know, I mean, but yeah, there hasn't been a common denominator in anything. 
kind of all over the map then. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I try to shower every day, so I don't think it's a smell. <laughs> it's not because you stank, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about it a little bit earlier, and I wanted to ask you, do you serve as kind of the primary songwriter in the band, or is it more of a collaborative effort with the boys in the band? Talk to the listeners it, a little bit is, about it, that. Yeah, it is all a collaborative effort. Good. Okay. I mean, maybe right in the beginning, I was the main one because I was the one getting the people together in the band and, you know, wanting to move forward. And, um, but now, I mean, it's a, it's a man, I, I couldn't do this without any of the guys in the yeah. band. So they all bring um, a little, little something to the table then, huh? Oh yeah. Everyone has nice. ideas. Everyone brings stuff forward. I kind of see it as, you know, someone brings in the blueprint to a house and every song's a house. Yep. We're building this cul-de-sac with a, with an album and every house is a little different because everyone kind of starts with a blueprint and then we all come in and, you know, throw that color on there, or, you know, put a balcony over there. And that makes sense. Um, you know, the landscape's different in each place, but it's all in the same place. It's all the same, you know, cul-de-sac and, and it, it's all built by us, you know, and, and maybe all the, I'm trying to keep going with this uh, weird analogy and I'm, I'm going to stop because I was just about to say something like, you know, we, we build it all with the same wood. Sure. We don't get the wood from a different place. You know? Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's all cohesive. Uh, we all work together on things and uh, it's, it's how I want it to be. I mean, it, if it, if it doesn't have a little piece of everybody in it, then it's it, less it meaningful, right? Yeah. It's less yeah. meaningful when we play it live. It's yeah. less meaningful when we, when we record it, yep. you know, I mean, so sometimes, you know, I mean, we all, we all write. And if, if we have a song that's completely done and we think this is the song that like, it, this is how it should be. We usually don't even bring it in the room. Okay. It usually gets put in a folder yeah. for your personal use later. Okay. And you know, at least that's how I look at it because if it doesn't have a little bit of everybody in it, then it's, it's not the band. No, I get it. And, and you, you guys remind me a little bit of a, another band I did an interview with. Uh, I think it was in my season three, uh, a, a, a great band, a very established band uh, called the Wilder Blue. And uh, they're a five piece out of Texas. And they, they kind of like you guys, uh, it reminds me a lot of you. They, they want the input of all five members of the, the band. It's very important. It's not like you know, there's two main guys and the other three are just, you know, mm-hmm. the, the road boys, you know, they, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a yeah. true democracy. They want the input. Let's talk about it. It's, it's, everybody gets one fifth of the stake of the band. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the mentality. Yeah, it's, right? it's a lot harder to do that way. Sure. It's a lot harder to, to have five heads in the room, not trying to agree upon yes. one song, but in the end it's worth it. Well, you know, I, if, you, if you want it to be easy beforehand, then that's not the way to do it. But the the end goal is what we look at, and the the end result is what we look at. And we're going to be the ones playing this music for the next few years, you know. So if we're not all in it, then at some point it's going to. It, no, I, I agree, and I'll give you I'll give you an example of that. So I'm a I'm a local artist here in Cypress, Texas. But I do have a full nine to five job and my, my full nine to five job, it, you know, your widget is music. My widget is information technology, right? I work for a consulting firm 
And when I do projects for a customer, sometimes you have to have those hard conversations at the beginning of the project. And we, yeah. we all, we all get this going. We all get the heads mm-hmm. nodding. Yes. Do you understand? This is the scope. This is what we're doing. And it's a little more upfront work. But it cuts down on all the bullshit that might follow when the project, what we call the project going sideways or the project Mm -hmm. derailing or unraveling. Same thing with you guys, right? Yeah, it's probably a little harder, you know, to get buy in on five guys all nodding their head. Yes, now. But in the end, there's no fighting. There's no, well, he didn't include me in this. And, you know, it it just it, it that's I think that's what breaks bands up is when there's not good communication in the band, right? Oh, yeah. So those I conversations mean, up front is, save you a yeah. whole lot in the long run, just like you said. Communication is key in Absolutely. everything in life. In your personal relationships, Absolutely. which we still work on, you know, in the band, which we still work on. You got uh, that That's right. all it is, yep. you know. Now, you guys released uh, some new music. Well, I know you released some in, in 2022, but you also released some music in 2021 that had gained some worldwide recognition for you guys. And I think that effort, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that effort was called Shine a Light on Me, Brother. And yeah. I wanted to kind of ask you, you know, when you when people hear things like, we're getting worldwide recognition or we're winning these major awards. How does that impact a group like Robert John and the wreck? You know, what, what do you see changing for the band when you go from maybe being, you know, this we're, we're local heroes, you know, everybody loves our stuff. And then you, and then that, that, kind of broadens out how do you what does that feel like in the band to you guys hopefully my question makes sense to you have you been thinking that you may need a little exercise in your daily routine while having a little fun doing it i may have the solution hey it's randy holsey here with backstage pass radio and about six months ago i purchased an electric bike from ecotrick and just thought about using it as a way to kind of get the blood flowing a few days a week. And to my surprise, I find myself on the bike just about every day. Not only am I getting a little exercise each day, but I'm also having a fun time seeing the neighborhood and maybe some areas that I probably would never have seen before I got the bike. Today, my family owns four of these EcoTrick bikes and we're looking to add a few more soon. Make sure to check out the link in the description below for more details. Yeah, I mean, I hope the answer isn't less than what you wanted. Uh, nothing. So everything. Would- I, I don't. I don't think anything really changes. Okay. Other than the opportunities that we we are getting. Okay. Possibly. Okay. Like, and I say that in like we are still the same. We work just as hard. We're still writing. We we still pedal the metal, and we we just may get some opportunities that we didn't get the okay. year before. And uh, I, more the year before that, you know, and, and yeah. it means that there's more time that needs to be spent um, to get out to these opportunities and do these things and be a part of these things. But the overall mindset of the band really doesn't change that makes too sense. much. That makes sense. You know, and I, don't, I don't think we, we dwell too much on that. And I think that that's kind of what I was looking for. I was wondering if 
when you know I've, I've talked to artists where they say well I was featured in People magazine or I was featured in in this publication or this TV show or I was you know had a hit song on BBC radio or whatever it's like what happens for the artist you know when when those types of events take place and the first thing that came to my mind and I didn't want to put words in your mouth is it does it expand the opportunities like, okay, now more people have heard of Robert John in the wreck. So it's a little bit easier to maybe get a show that maybe you wouldn't have gotten before because of the highlight. Right. And, and it sounds like you kind of sure, already hit yeah. that nail, you know, we're, we're kind of in lockstep with the thinking, but I was wondering if the opportunities might increase for you when you get that kind of yeah, world recognition, mean, you know, that as, as coming up as a, as a young band, that's all you're looking for. You know, you just don't know how to obtain it. Exactly. Um, you know, I didn't think that, you know, when, when you, when you start off and you record an album and you're like, man, why aren't we playing these festivals or doing these things? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, well, we recorded a record and we've been on tour. Like what else do we need to do? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a very naive mindset. Yeah. It's a very young mindset and it's just, you, you just, it's just the work hasn't yeah. been put in. Gotcha. You know, you, you haven't done enough, no matter what the work is, you haven't done enough work to be there. And yes. whenever you do enough work, the pieces of the puzzle start adding up. Yeah. And when, when you deserve to be there, that's when you're probably going to be there. And if you want to be somewhere, you just keep working. That makes sense. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't go ahead straight into, you know, stalking someone's, uh, stalking the, the booker of some festival's, life or something because that's just not how it works you know right. you just got to keep putting in the work and things start coming in and always <laughs> always be working yeah would you say that like so if you gain that recognition for the shine a light on me brother effort do you understand as a band why that got the recognition, whereas maybe some of the previous stuff didn't. And are you able to rinse and repeat that? I guess that scenario is probably not the right word, but I think you understand where I'm going with the question, right? Like if, if you get to that, okay, we just hit this success plateau, so to speak. How do we do that again? How do we continue to make every effort successful and get that kind of attention. Do you know that formula or is it kind of a shot in the dark? Whatever. I think you just try to, you know, you, you try to write the best songs you can. Okay. Yeah. And I think songwriting kind of stepped up a notch. I think it was last night on the highway when we were writing that record, it was like, let's think about this a little bit more, um, a little bit more than we have ever thought about it. Okay. And, uh, and I think that, that good songs, um, you know, paired with a good team to get, to get the songs out there. Um, I've heard amazing records of people that have put out records in Orange County that have never seen the light of day. So, you know, I mean, that's just one piece. Like it's not yes. just how good the songs are because yes. it's still hard enough to get it out there. It's not, you can't just have a team to put, to push out there because, you know, it, you can push out anything and it doesn't mean it, it's going to click. Exactly. Um, so really we, man, that, that was a good question. I, I don't know if we're, we're rinsing and repeating, but we're, you know, we're taking what the knowledge that we learned and using that and, if, and trying to 
make it better. Yeah. That, that, no, I, and, 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 and all the ways that we can make it yeah. better. And, and, and our hope is that it's better. Yeah. You know, and if, if it's, if it's not, people will let us know. Immediately. Sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a great answer. I mean, I don't, there was no right or wrong answer to that question. I, I, yeah. I mean, because sometimes you don't know what the damn answer is. You just, you know, you just, you, like you said, you said it best. We worked hard. We put the stuff out every time. We, we put all of our blood, sweat, and tears into it. And if success comes out of it, then so be it. If success doesn't come out of it, you try to figure out why. And you try not to do that again, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly. really the process right there. And you mentioned uh, Last Light on the Highway. That was, I think that was like during the the middle of the pandemic, was it not when you guys yep. released that yep. 20, 2020 May, May, or something like that? May of 2020. Yep. And and then um, the, the shine, uh, shine a light on me brother was the following year, like post post COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to make sure I had my, my, my ducks in a row. There. You got it, man. You uh, got it. So you, you guys recorded a couple of songs. So fast forward to 2022, you recorded a, a couple of singles one was called Waiting for Your Man, and uh, the other was called She's a Fighter. I'd like to play a short clip of She's a Fighter, and then we'll come back and, and chat about that song. Fair enough? Sounds great. All right, stand by, brother. Hooky tune there, brother. I, I really enjoy that. And it's it's funny that when I when I create the clips or I, I go through kind of the catalog of the artist, you know, and I listen to everything. And then I try to see, okay, I, I need to highlight something new, of course, because the the artists love to talk about the the latest thing that's out. But always looking for that song that catches you like that. And this is one for me that did. And also one that I I won't necessarily feature on the show, Oh Miss Carolina. Is a, I love that song. In fact, I play in an acoustic duo here in Cyprus, and my lead guitarist, Chris, and I are actually learning uh, uh, that awesome. song by you guys. So, yeah, yeah I know you'll have some it, guys co- we'll, cover. We'll repost yeah, it, for sure. And so we talked about the songwriting kind of how the song, you know, all you guys are part of the songwriting efforts. Talk to me about, is there a formula in the band? Like, do, do you guys start out with, like, for, for She's a Fighter specifically, is it lyrics first? Is it a riff first? Is it a melody line first? And is the songwriting kind of a rinse and repeat for you guys? Like, do you write songs the same way all the time, or does it just vary? It could be lyrics first. It could be. Melody, like talk to the listeners a little bit about yeah. the specifics of the songwriting, right? I would say about, you know, 75% of the time, it's definitely not lyrics first. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. 
I feel like I feel like usually lyrics come in later after you have a cool melody and a cool vibe and a cool beat and uh, usually singing nonsense. But you you know you're you're singing something la la you know, la or whatever that. right yeah. yeah yeah sure and if we're talking about that song uh, I think every song is different uh, there's no rhyme or reason there's no formula we follow every song comes in in a different way and so like she's a fighter for for instance I mean we were just jamming in the room and uh, I think Henry played like that cool riff in the beginning and we're like well that sounds cool yeah then we just went with it you know seeing what what happens and then. You know, would come up with some sort of chorus, and I, I don't know what I sang before. She's a fighter, but I could probably figure it out. I think I have some voice memos. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, I it was sure. probably she's alive or something. You know, yeah. these weird little things. You know, but yeah, so that that kind of came together in the room, uh, no plan, just jamming, and then um, you know later on going back and kind of creating the song "She's a Fighter," uh, which is about my wife because uh, the past year and a half has been a little different for us. We, we have a 11 month old at home and just watching her go through the pregnancy and, and uh, the birth and, and, you know, well, man, I guess this song was written before she, before we had our son, because there's a line in it that says uh, your prince is coming early. Mm. And we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl yet. Wow. And my son, which, you know, did actually come early. So it was kind of a weird, weird thing to write. Uh, and then it came true. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, c- but so congrats just, on yeah. that, by the way. Congrats. On Thank that. you. Yeah. yeah. So this song, uh, you know, it has a special place and uh, yeah, just, just watching any, any woman for that matter, but watching her go through yeah. the body transformation and becoming a mother and everything. Uh, it, it's not an easy, easy thing to overcome. So, well, you know, you know what they say, you know, if, if men had to have babies, there would be no more humans being born on the planet, right? <laughs> because we would true. probably not do that uh, or want to yep. go down that path Yeah, uh, f- for sure. You know, we talked a lot about the songwriting and would you say that, are you, are you kind of a, are there certain times of the day that you sit down and dedicate to songwriting. And, and the reason I asked that is I had Michael Sweet from the rock band Striper on my show. And he said, you know, Randy, and I, don't, I honestly, Robert, don't, don't remember what time he said, but he said, you know, honestly, every day uh, at 10 o'clock a.m., I sit down and I spend X amount of time writing. That's my time to sit down and focus on writing. Is it that way for you or is it just whenever the urge strikes you and it could be in the middle of the night when you wake up with a, an idea or, or something? Talk to me a little bit about that. If you're a structured song. Yeah, it's uh, it, no, there's no structure, especially with an 11 month old. There's, there's definitely <laughs> Nothing structured, structure. right? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always different for me. I feel like I can remember a lot of times waking up first thing in the morning and having something in my head. Okay. I go grab a cup of coffee and I just write it down. Gotcha. Um, and a lot of the times I don't know what it means yet. I feel like if I was to say a general view, it's, it's always in the morning. Okay. In the mornings when I like to write, like, it, you know, if we have a song that needs lyrics, that's, that's when I, I wake up and write. Okay. Have a cup of coffee and uh, sit out there, sit in my patio and just, and, and write lyrics. That's, that's when I can do it. I feel like once the day has started, life has happened. It, my, my brain goes into different worlds. Yeah. 
See, um, see, so I, I like to yeah. definitely do it in the morning. And then, you know, but sometimes I'll be driving at any point when I'm driving, it can happen. Yeah. You know, something comes into my head and I, I write it down or sing it. Yeah. So it's always different for me, but well, the, the mornings is when I get the most work done. I got you. Uh, but maybe, maybe not the inspirational part where it's just like, well, I follow you. Well, it sounds like we're kind of poured out of the same mold there. And, and that's abnormal as you, I don't have to tell you that, that that's abnormal for a musician to be creative in the morning. Cause most of the time <laughs> musicians are night owls, right? And they, they do their, they're the most creative at midnight or one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. And I've never been like that. I'm always my brain is always the freshest, like you said, waking up in the morning, getting that cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's ready to go because I'll be honest with you, you know, 830, 9 o'clock rolls around. You look outside, it's pitch black outside. My mind just starts to shut down. Like I, I just, yeah. I, it's a, I don't know why, but that's just me. So it sounds like we're kind of somewhat yeah, bored I mean, out of the I same mean, mold there. Right? I'm not a doctor or know if any of this is true, but if you have if you have stuff during the day, if you do things during the day, you know, your mind is working all day. Sure. You're there's, uh, there's only so much you can do for your mind in a day. You know I mean? It's like cramming for a test. If you, if you study too much, then you, re, you, you lose the retention of it. Correct. It doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't you know, so out. if, if you have a full day of, of tons of stuff and then you, you know, go in the studio at eight o'clock at night, pretending like your brain is, gonna be creative i mean i've done it and it you know we've done it we've you know it it happens um but if if you can if i can if i can control it now i'm like well let's get in the studio at 11 or 10 in the morning where i'm fresh and all i've done is literally had a coffee and drive somewhere yes and now all my thoughts are brand new uh without being you know contaminated if you will well, and people, um, people, you know, and then, but, or not, or, you know, if it's eight o'clock, then maybe you need some, something to brighten you up, you know, whether it's a little booze or a little smoke yeah. or something, you yeah. know, that I, that's, I agree. That's real and it's, it's a thing. <laughs> I agree. And I, a, a lot of people, they ask me all the time, do you ever sleep? Because I'll be in the studio editing at like four o'clock in the morning. Like I'm just an early bird, like literally, you know, <laughs> three hours of quiet time with nobody you know, messing with me, I can get a whole lot done. Um, so, so this single, she's a fighter and waiting for your man were both released on KTBA records. Is, is that correct? Is that that Joe, Joe Bonamassa's label? Yeah. Talk to me about that, about KTBA and the uh, relationship there. We went on a cruise, uh, Joe Bonamassa, keeping the blues alive at sea cruise. Um, Man, what year was that? 2000, 2018, I want to say. That's my guess for now. And, um, you know, it was great. We, we met a lot of people, and uh, we, we met the whole Joe Bonamassa team, basically. And um, we just kept in touch, and uh, we got offered the next cruise and saw them again. And, you know, just creating a relationship. There was nothing other than that. Okay. We just like to meet people and hang out with people and enjoy people's company and talk about music and that's it, you know. So there was there was nothing really that we were trying to do. We were just okay. meeting people and having a good time. And so, uh, you know, and then a few years later, we we created a relationship. We we know them and uh, they wanted to start doing some stuff together. So 
we're working with them now and uh it's been it's been great it's been awesome to uh kind of have a team surrounding us we're excited to move forward with you know even more stuff going yeah. on uh not just those two tracks so sure Ab- absolutely we're, we're excited did I get that right? KT, KTBA. I think that's an acronym for what it um, is. It keeping, keeping the, the blues, blues alive. alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 I, I actually think now it's journeyman records, journeyman records. Okay. Um, I think they're kind of transitioning between those in the meantime. Okay. Okay. Uh, and was there involvement from Joe directly with the, the production of your music or, or was it just the studio team uh, that, that works for or uh, KTBA, not with not with those two songs. Okay, gotcha. Specifically, um, but we have done more singles this past year with a bunch of different people that'll sure. be released that we're excited to uh, to release. So okay. there's there's a lot of a lot of magic. Oh, happening. for sure, for sure. Well, I wanted to jump back, kind of if we if we jump in the time machine. It's not yeah. much of a time machine, but if we go back to 2020, real quick. I wanted to share a song that came off the uh, the last light on the highway record, and it's a song called "Tired of Drinking Alone." And let's listen to a quick clip of that, and then we'll come back and chat about that one as well. That's uh, tired of drinking alone, and and so Robert, uh, not only is it a, a another one of those hooky tunes that, that has a great chorus line, uh, and, and it's very memorable. But there there was also a fun video that was associated with it on on YouTube, and you had cameos. I'm assuming that they're all artists, and I could be wrong, but talk to the listeners a little bit because I, I want to make sure that the listeners go check that video out because I love yeah. that. Talk to me about the people that appear in this video. Are they all artists or are there some family members, friends? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, everyone there is a bunch of uh, different people um, from artists to family to friends to aunts and uncles to to sisters and brothers, That's to cool. um, some local uh, Orange County artists, yeah, just everyone that we could that we could think of, we asked, okay, um, if they could do that. So uh, you know, there, there was um, a buddy from the UK was on there. I mean, yeah, a- AJ from Lit uh, was on there. Mm-hmm. Man, just just a, a ton of friends of ours, just How- just people that you know. So it was really just throwing a dart already, at the dart, throwing a dart at the board. Like there was no rhyme or reason. You just said, "Hey, will you do a cameo on the on the yeah. video?" Okay, yeah, that's yeah, cool. And there, you know, I mean, it was the song came out during COVID. We recorded the song before 
COVID was a thing. And so when the idea came up for the video, we, we knew everyone was stuck at home. Yeah. Um, I love it. So it kind of worked out that way. Great, great, great idea. And it was funny because I was watching it and I'm like, wait a minute. I know that dude right there. So you actually had a a buddy of mine that did my show with me. And, um, I think it was season three, Clint Woolsey from Stone Senate. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I was just in, um, Nashville last month and uh I was supposed to hook up with Clint and we were going to have a beer and uh he was going to give me a couple of signed records but uh I think somebody there at the, the office came down with covid or something like that and he was worried you know about you know oh gosh did I did I get that did I not get it and I I'd, I'd, I'd probably rather just stay away so we yep. wound up just kind of not hooking up, but uh, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, there's Clint there in the yeah, in the yeah. video." So very those cool, are great man. guys, man. Good yeah, guys. really, really cool guys. Him and uh, uh, James were on my uh, on my show together, so had oh, a good cool. time with those guys. Awesome. So February third kicks off a big tour for you guys. Share the tour plans uh, as you know them today with the listeners. If you would. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be out in Europe. Uh, I think we play four or five shows in mainland Europe, and then we're off to the UK for about fourteen. My numbers are probably wrong, by the way, so these are just rough. And then uh, we head back to mainland for a few more before we head back home. So it's uh, you know, last time we were out there, we were out there for three months, and it was it was a very long tour. Uh, so we're looking forward to kind of getting out there and getting the getting the shows done and. and sure seeing all our friends and having a great time yeah. and getting back home. And I was going to yeah. ask you, like, is, is it your, you have a management team that's booking you guys or do you, okay. So you have the management team, they call, they get the shows. Yeah. What is the mindset of a band when, when they say, okay, we're, we're, we're going to do a run in the UK and the Netherlands. Why go there versus say to the East coast for East coast run? Like, like what's the mindset around that for, for a band? Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been going out to Europe since 2015, um, doing tours out there at least once a year. And then, um, I'd say maybe since 2018, we've been going out there more than once. So we've been, we've, you know, been doing our due diligence out there and, and, and getting back there for the fans and um, adding the UK to it. The UK is different than, than Europe. Sure. So we toured, we toured out there in Europe for multiple years before we even considered going to the UK. So it's kind of in the same, you know, the, the same mindset where, you know, this is where we've, we've put all the eggs and um, we're going to keep hitting it, keep hitting it hard. And uh, now with the UK, it's just an, just an added beautiful place to go. And the fans have been amazing. You know, and and the East Coast is where we just started dipping our toes in, and mm-hmm. so we'll be we'll be back out on the East Coast in uh, March. We what just a, haven't told told anybody yet. Yeah. What about? Do you have any dates planned for down south? Maybe Texas. Um, I think we do. Okay. Well, we'll yeah, uh, this we'll, year. We'll, this yeah. year we'll be probably within probably within the the next six months we'll definitely okay. be there. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on, on the web, yeah. website for sure. And I was going to ask you, you know, is it, is it more taxing on you guys, uh, the band to, to pack up and, and go uh, tour Europe and the UK and the Netherlands versus staying stateside and being on the road for the same amount of t- 
time? Do you, do you feel it more draining or taxing to go there versus just staying here doing the same length of a tour? Or is it kind of one um, and the same, just a different place? Yeah, that's all. Okay. One the, yeah, it's just a different different country, different place. Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't know if the jet lag uh, got to you and the time difference and all that. If it took a kind of yeah, took a toll you know, on you a little bit, or it, it it does, but you just suck it up and move forward. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, what what artist? What artist, past or present? inspire or inspired your style or your writing or maybe none of them inspired it but who who were you listening to as a kid who are you listening to now like what do you what do you like these days and if that applies to you like if there's artists that inspire you and your writing then you you can answer that question how you want i just didn't know if there were artists then and now that kind of kind of in the formidable years kind of shaped you yeah, I mean, I think the, the the formidable era was just a bunch of classic rock. Okay. And I was listening to Aerosmith in Boston okay, and Boston sure. and, and The Who and, you know, those kind of bands. So I, I was enjoying what, what that was. And then um, after that was songwriters, you know, from Ray LaMontagne to Damien Rice to um, Amos Lee and, and just listening to how songs were constructed. So I think, you know, growing up, it was, it was listening to the rock side of things and listening to the song side of things. And that's just kind of just kind of what shaped it. I mean, I, I, I to this day, I mean, I feel like every time I put a black crows record on, I, I, I wish there was a song I wrote that sounded like one of theirs. Yeah. And then sitting there with Nathaniel Rateliff, I think everything he does is awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to write a song that he would write, but sure. It definitely makes me want to sit down and write something. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm always listening to different things and I probably listen to less music than anybody else in the band. Yeah. I feel Do you think that's good at or some bad? point. I'll, I'll let you know in about 10 years. <laughs> it, it's, it's different for everybody. I mean, I, I, yeah, I yeah. I've always had this tongue in cheek joke that, um, and, and it was really true. Um, in 1989, I, I, I literally, I don't know what I, w- I got married in, in 89, but it, it was like I literally turned the radio off in 89 and missed the whole grunge era, missed the whole 90s <laughs> thing. I, I don't know what the hell I was doing, but I say it tongue in cheek and as a, as a funny more than anything, but literally for decades, I just I didn't know what was out there. I just didn't listen to the radio. And as I started playing out live shows with Chris, I said, man, I, I need to learn some country stuff. I need to learn some classic rock stuff. We're, we're doing all covers, right? Uh, yeah. And and some originals, but um, you know, it's like you you got to catch up with the times because not people love the old stuff by America and you know all of that stuff, but yet they want to hear some newer stuff too. If you haven't listened to the radio in decades, you don't even know what's new. So that was kind of a hindrance for me. So I literally had to force myself to just not really turn on the radio, but to get on Spotify and say, man, who's, who's, who's even freaking popular these days. Right. So, you know, it was, it was a challenge. I, (laughs) yeah. And I'm, and I'm still learning it it myself. And I think because I've immersed myself in the podcast, I've spoken to a ton of wonderful musicians, including yourself and listened to things that 
I probably would have never heard of had I not started the podcast. I'd probably still be living in that bubble, like that comfort thing, kind of like, you know, kind of like what you're saying. Like, I don't, I really don't listen to music that much. Right. And, and so, so I force myself, I have to force myself to, to, to listen and to, to be a good listener. So I I didn't know if there was anything, you know, we talked about what was inspiring you these days, but that's kind of my tongue in cheek story that, um, it's, it's easy to turn it off, but you know, when you're especially a, a cover musician, you better know what's going on around you. <laughs> people are going to, yeah. you know, you're going to lose some people that way. Whereas you're an original artist and you, those are things that you don't have to worry about. You have your own set of things well, to worry stay, about. Right? You want to stay relevant. Absolutely. You know, you want to, you know, maybe be speaking on the, the times, you know, yeah. you don't want to always be talking about the past, but, um, yeah. And I mean, I, I the, all the guys show me stuff all the time. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm surrounded by people who are up to date and uh, well, if, let as me long know as, what's going on. Absolutely. As, as, if you're not doing it and as long as somebody's feeding you the information, you call it good, right? Yeah. Where can the listeners find you and the boys on social media? Yeah. Uh, Robert John the Wreck on Instagram, Facebook. That's where we update all the time, uh, especially on tour where we're always posting what's going on and what we're doing and what's happening next. And uh, even sometimes what we, what we did in the past. Yeah. Well, listen, Robert, it's, it's been, uh, it's been great chatting with you, man. I, I appreciate your time. I, I appreciate your willingness to, to, to jump on with me. I, I appreciate Warren getting this set up. I, I wish you guys safe travels uh, next month. Thank you. Across the pond there and much success on the tour. I hope the, uh, you know, the success continues for you guys. As always, I ask the listeners to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Also make sure to follow uh, Robert and the boys on all of their social media outlets, including the website, robertjohnandtherec.com. You can find my show on Facebook at Backstage Pass Radio Podcast, on Instagram at Backstage Pass Radio, Twitter at Backstage Pass PC, and on the website at backstagepassradio.com. You guys remember to take care of each other and yourselves, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.